When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Myra Metcalf filling in on the ride with Royce. Um, this Urban Meyer thing is just getting weird, man, and crazy. And so Urban Meyer still on that paid administrative leave. Uh, 14 days, right? The school said they were going to come up with a decision. 14, 14 days, days is what they're claiming. Um, Ohio State coach, after he fired Zach Smith, his wide receivers coach, who had been locked in a domestic situation and all these domestic violence uh, allegations were unveiled. His wife, uh, ex-wife Courtney Smith did an interview. Um, the latest is a man named Jeff Snook, apparently has posted something on Facebook where he's suggesting that he talked to Zach Smith's mother and Courtney Smith's mother, who are apparently corroborating a story of Courtney Smith claiming that she would quote, take Zach down and take Urban Meyer down with him, right? Um, he, here's my problem. It's basically a story where it's they're suggesting that uh, Courtney had a motive to lie about being abused. Um, Zach Smith was arrested in 2009 uh, on a domestic violence claim, and then there were multiple allegations, multiple visits by police. He was not charged in any of these visits, but Courtney Smith has shown pictures of her being bruised up and, um, she did an interview that very believable to me. I don't know the truth, right? So, so wait, so her, so his mom and her mom and are her both mom. saying that she's his mom is saying that you know she was out to get the program, and her mom is corroborating this. Now, here's the problem with all that. What I've learned what in my 35 on? years on this planet is you don't know what anybody's family dynamic is. You know, just because it's their mom or their dad or their brother or their sister, that does not mean they're a credible source. And that does not mean they're talking from some unbiased perspective. I'm just trying to understand why her why her mom. Well, here's the problem with all of it. To back you up, by the way. And the other thing that I've learned is regardless of the intent, regardless of the strength, everyone has an agenda. Oh, exactly. It doesn't matter what you're, it does not matter. Everyone has an agenda and everybody has an allegiance. And typically it's the allegiances to themselves. But continue, I'm sorry. And to your point, there is obviously this massive allegiance to Urban Meyer. And what pains pains me about stories like this is if Courtney Smith is telling the truth, and there's a lot of evidence suggesting that this is a woman who was abused. Zach Smith in his interview said, she got those marks because I was retaliating. I was being defensive. They're defensive uh, bruises, right? I was protecting myself, and that's how she got bruised up. He admits he he admits that there were these physical encounters, right? Uh, Courtney laid out all these 
detailed situation. Zach Smith just came back in vague terms and said, well, yeah, we had a bad marriage. Some things happened, but he didn't say uh, anything to make you think that he's completely exonerated and exonerated in all this. My problem is when you have a victim of domestic violence or a woman who claims she's been a victim of domestic violence, this is what she faces. And there are so many people that you've got to go through and convince that your story is real. And if you're Courtney Smith and you've got support of, you know, the coaches, wives and other people in your circle, and this is the backlash you face for coming forward. What does some woman in Minneapolis who's mm-hmm. making domestic yeah. violence claims against her husband or boyfriend face? Like, like my, my problem with this story, it could be completely true. Maybe Zach Smith's mom and Courtney Smith's mom are telling the truth about what Courtney Smith said. It could also be a part of the pileup. We're going to attack her credibility which is what happens to rape victims, which is what happens to domestic violence victims. Mm -hmm. And now you end up in a situation where you wonder why people are afraid to come forward. Yeah. This is why. This is why. They're afraid to come forward because if you can't get support of those around you, and if, especially if you're with somebody who's high profile or has a certain status, if you can't get people to listen to you in that situation, they think, what is the point? What would be the point of me coming and forward here's if the nobody's going to back me? And you're right. And here is why this is a really dangerous game and a really dangerous road we're heading down with this particular case. Yeah. We are talking about big, big business here. Yes. Yeah. The Ohio State is big business and Huge. it's a massive brand. And the integrity of that brand and the integrity of that business is now under question. Yeah. So for those people that are going, well, you guys are just being cynical please no this is this is a multi-billion dollar industry the ncaa that, yeah and i so i completely get and i'm not saying that this woman is innocent or guilty and no. i'm just saying this is big business right now and there are a lot of people because of that big business who are willing to sacrifice her whether she's telling the truth or not keep in mind look at what it took to, t- to take on a different case the michigan state case yeah look mm-hmm. what it took for that to not only come to light, victims. but for that to be prosecuted. Look at what that took. 160 young women mm. had to come forward and say, this is going on. This is ridiculous because I look at this and I go, whether you believe Courtney Smith or not, she gets as much uh, credibility as the other side. Like I don't like people are backing Ohio State and Urban Meyer. Because they don't want to lose that big business. They don't want to lose the guy who's won championships for them because they love that thrill more than they care about some woman who claims she's been abused by a coach who was enabled by Urban Meyer for a decade, right? If that's the case. But I'm just looking at this and going, wait a minute. You got fans holding rallies against her? It wasn't a rally in favor of Urban Meyer. It was a rally against Courtney Smith. Now you've got her mama involved. Now you've got her mother-in-law involved. How does how does how does the woman in Minneapolis who's being abused right now, or has faced a uh, 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 sexual assault, how, how does she develop the courage to come forward when this is the climate in response to situations like this? And think I, about that. It's the fear of your own safety, right? That's what I people don't get this when it comes to uh, assault. People go, well, they're trying to stop the repeated uh, assaults. True. The fear, though, is that they'll be killed. Women get killed. Like, these things don't lead to more. They get killed. That's why this is so extreme. And yet you got people rallying in front of stadiums. You got mamas, you know, 
talking down to their daughters or, or being willing to attack their daughters. You that, got all this stuff in this. How, how does anyone ever get the courage to come forward, man? That and that the her mom, her mom's involvement in this is what I'm really like interested. To, yes, because like that to me is like her mom is saying this. Yeah. So it's like what what is going on? And and I don't. You know, I mean, I, I just I don't understand like how. How does that, where is that coming from? I don't, I don't understand where that is coming from. And maybe she, maybe Courtney Smith has a bad relationship with her mother. I, I don't know, but I, I'm just really intrigued to know like where that is coming from, where her mom, where her mom is coming out and saying that this is, that she's lying or whatever. I don't know what exactly what she's saying, but it sounds like she's not. She's not backing her daughter. She's not backing her well, daughter. And we again, where I will, is that I will coming never, from? I will never say that we know for sure that Courtney Smith is completely telling the truth. I don't right. know that. But I do know there's a good chance she is. You know what the really disgusting underbelly of this entire story is going to end up being? What? The uni- the, the the Ohio State University, excuse me. Yes, they're going to they're going to do all the proper protocol, follow all the procedure. They're going to under there. They've hired a team yeah, to a trace people. every single detail. But what ultimately is going to lead to the decision of this particular case. And I would bet my life on it is they need to, they're trying to figure out right now. What's the ripple effect. Yep. If we keep him on as a member of our staff, what's it going to come down to us financially? Yep. How many Tickets? sponsors are we going to yep. lose? Mm-hmm. How many ticket holders are we going to lose? How many boosters are we going to yep. lose? That is the only, sadly, that is the only thing that matters to this school in this disgusting case. So that's you, involving, you know, abuse towards a woman. And when those are the stakes, Reavers, you know what happens? You just bury that woman. You just attack her until she goes away. Because they've got the resources to do this all day. Mm-hmm. They've got the resources to attack her, whether it's legally, financially, publicly, media. They've got the resources and the backing to do this. And again, if Courtney Smith is telling the truth, and these bruises are real, if she's telling the truth about what happened to her, look at the other side and what they're willing to do to eliminate her and to attack her credibility. And what does that say about any woman who ever claims they've been abused by a man and how difficult it is for them to come forward? We'll be back after this. Myron Metcalf. Back here on the ride with Roycey. And I got my main man, Caleb Truax, my fight party buddy, a professional boxer, a former world champion. Uh, also makes like this cool taco dip. Like, I mean, it's just very underrated. Like, that's really why I go over to his house to watch fights. It's, it's, it's like for the dip. But uh, you got a fight coming up, man. So I wanted to give you a chance to talk about that and. Looks like you will be back at the Armory on August 24th uh, facing Fabian, Fabiano Pena out of Brazil. How excited are you for this fight going into uh, the end of the month here? Oh, uh, man, I'm, uh, I'm excited to be back home, man. I, I haven't fought in Minneapolis for uh, quite some time. It's been a few years since I've uh, fought at home in Minneapolis, and uh, I'm ready to roll, and, and uh, the Armory is a, a beautiful venue. Uh, this will be the second fight uh, that they've had there since it's been remodeled. Uh, and back in the day, it was it was a, a, a pretty nostalgic venue for for boxing. There was a, a ton of old greats that have fought there, and, and the first fight was April 13th. Jamal James headlined that fight. Uh, 
a PBC on FS1 fight, and this will be a PBC on FS1 fight as well. And I'm just excited to uh, put on a show in front of uh, all my people. For those that don't know, Caleb uh, won the IBF Super Middleweight title over James DeGaulle, uh, went over to England, won that last year, came back, fought the rematch, uh, good fight, lost that, still a champ. I thought the third fight was coming, Caleb. I, I thought, you know, it makes sense. All right, you get the win over there in Vegas, fine, you lose that fight. But I thought we were going to see number three. What what happened with that? You know, I was I was hoping uh, for a rubber match as well and uh, just to kind of settle the score and uh, sort everything out. But uh, he, he turned it down, man. He... I, I believe he wants to fight somebody back in the UK and thinks he can make more money doing that. But uh, he turned down a lot of money to uh, to fight me for a third fight, uh, which kind of hurt. But uh, um, hey, if he if he thinks he can make more, I guess uh, more power to him. But uh, I was a little bit uh, disappointed that I didn't get the chance to to uh, settle the score with him. I, I can't respect that, man. I, I'm sorry. I know there are politics in boxing. I know there are promoters behind the scenes. But I just. You know, you lose to a guy fair and square. Like it's not like there was a debate. You destroyed him in no, the first no, fight. I beat him up. Yeah, you know, yeah. first fight you beat him up. Uh, the entire fight. Second fight, you know, wasn't your best day. Still a great effort. But hey, that's why you have third fights. It just doesn't make yeah, any sense yeah. to me, man. I just hate yeah, to see was, that. The second fight was close. I mean, the the, the judges had it, uh, a one point decision. You know, so it could have went either way. And and uh, he kind of uh, took the belt and run. And then. Uh, and then he ended up actually, uh, just a couple weeks ago, he actually um, uh, vacated the belt uh, because they, he was ordered to fight a guy from Colombia, Jose Uskateki, and he didn't want to fight him because he's not very well known and he's a pretty good fighter. Um, and he was banking on trying to uh, trying to get a big fight back in London, like I said earlier. And, yeah, so he vacated the belt, so he's not even the champ no more. <laughs> I had you winning, I think, three rounds that the Showtime crew didn't. I mean, I thought I was concerned you're going to Vegas – it's the rematch, and there are a bunch of guys who I'm sure want him to win. Like, you know, I know yeah, the politics he, he of boxing. Was a star. Yeah, he was a star. Yeah. You know, um, but whatever, you're moving on. You're fighting Fabian, Fabiano Pena, uh, a guy out of Brazil. I don't know much about him. I'm wondering if you do. And if you don't know much about a guy like that, how dangerous is that uh, when, when, you know, there's not a lot of maybe film on someone like this? Yeah, it's it's kind of uh, what, what you call a trap fight. You know, like he uh, he's coming in. He's got really nothing to lose. I have everything to lose. You know, that there's a talk of me fighting for a title again uh, in, as soon as my next fight after this one. So uh, I really have to focus and, and uh, treat treat him like he's a world champion and, and treat this like it's a title fight and just go out there and get the job done. And uh, there's there's a little bit of film on him on, on YouTube, and he's he's a shorter, stockier guy, looks pretty strong, throws like a, a real big overhand right, so i got to be ready for that. But um, it's nothing I can't handle, and uh, uh, I think I'll uh, I think I'll go out there and get the stoppage win. Dude, they call him the pit bull, man. You got to just go punch that dude early, man. Like, don't yeah, mess around with like a that. dude named the pit bull, man. You get <laughs> caught with something, man. Uh, I ain't messing around with no pit bulls, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, if you get past him, as most assume you will, what happens from there? I mean, you are I think number seven on ESPN.com's uh, super middleweight rankings right now. Who, who, yeah. What would you want to do after that fight? Um, you know, there's there's talk about me fighting uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Ooh, um, so that'd be a good fight. Uh, I love that. Hopefully, hopefully bring it here to Minneapolis, which would be huge. Wow, uh, right here at the Armory. So uh, I got my fingers crossed for that one. What would the uh, weight also, be? 
Because he never makes uh, weight. What, what would you fight he at? Never makes, like, <laughs> he never makes weight. I know. It's supposed to be 168, so uh, he, he always wants to fight at catch weight to like 170. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, we'd have to figure that out, obviously, uh, between the teams. But uh, um, there, there's talk of that fight. There's also talk of me fighting uh, the WBC champ, uh, David Benavides, which would be a good fight. That's a great fight. For me to uh, win another title in a different uh, organization. So. Uh, I'm just, uh, like I said, I just got to get past this one and, and worry about what's next uh, uh, after I knock this guy out on, on uh, August 24th. Man, you got a family now, beautiful little beautiful little girl I see uh, on Facebook. Yeah, how, thank you. How, yeah. how much longer do you want to do this, man? Like when you look out, I mean, how much longer do you want to stay in the ring? Uh, as long as I be successful, man, I, uh, I'm going to keep on going at it. You know, I, I, uh, I, I'm 34. It's, uh, it's definitely a young man's sport, but still. Uh, 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 being 34, I, I'm I don't have a lot of mileage on me. You know, I, I started pretty late. I didn't have all those crazy amount of amateur fights, and I've never really got beat up in any fight. So, um, I, I got a couple years left for sure uh, where I'm healthy. As, as I should say, as long as I can stay healthy and uh, just be successful. So, uh, by the time I'm 36 or 37, I'll probably uh, bow out and look for uh, what's next. I saw you at Super Bowl Media Day, walking around yeah. with the belt, man, and. I was in the club of people just waiting in line, man, to try to hold the belt. And, <laughs> and, and what has the last year year of your life been like, man? Getting the belt, bringing it home, and just everywhere you go, people asking you about it. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a whirlwind, man. That's for sure. Especially the first few months afterwards, uh, surrounding the Super Bowl and and uh, up until the the fight in April. But uh, it's uh, it's surreal, man. Like I, it's still I don't even know if it's set in yet. You know, I <laughs> I. Uh, um, yeah, just a lifelong dream of any fighter, and and uh, I was able to accomplish that, and and uh, now I got to win another one back. Uh, quick here, uh, Triple G, Canelo are going to fight again, uh, assuming Canelo doesn't eat the wrong meat and end up <laughs> failing a PED test, right? Yeah. Who, who who wins that fight and why? You know, the the, the first fight was a pretty good fight. I, yeah, it I was. thought Triple G. I thought Triple G edged him the first time. I thought he should have won the fight uh, on this card the first time. But normally, um, when there's a rematch, it usually favors the younger guy. And Canelo is almost 10 years younger, I think. So I'm picking Canelo to, to win the rematch. All right, man. Hey, I'm old school, man. So if you don't come back to fight a guy in the rubber match, that's not your belt. You're still the man. super middleweight champion for me, man. And I'll definitely be at that fight, man. Can't wait to see it. All right, brother. Nice, uh, nice talking to you. All right. Caleb Truax, former IBF super middleweight champion of the world. We'll be back after this. Metcalf uh, back on the ride. Uh, we got Johnny, who corrected me yesterday about Ray Charles. <laughs> you know, you guys, to... actually, surprisingly, you guys handled that pretty well for a couple of music wow. No, we did. No, we, we did. We did. We did handle that very, very well. Although I had to go back and check. Oh, uh, oh! And I found Are you out. Mr. And, I, and I found out that. After Ray Charles graduated from St. Augustine, which was a school for the blind, he actually toured Florida uh, with a country western band before he moved to Seattle to team with Quincy Jones, which is when his R&B soul career actually started. So that's not an FYI. It's just a... Little digging well, a little bit. Well, he didn't, he didn't have any hits though. I'd record. True, no, you're country right. Western, so. <laughs> you're, you're right. <laughs> Here's all, wait, wait. Here's all I know. 
I have no idea whose story that corroborates at all. Yeah, just. <laughs> but I just love the just, fact that just, just, someone FYI, John. The let, FYI hour let, with Met Cap and Height. Let two music nerds. Uh, exactly. We got it. We understand. Exactly. <laughs> uh, this update sponsored by Indeed. Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash hire. Hello. There we go. I was supposed to push that button really quick. I know because yeah. I know you mentioned it with with Babu at the beginning of the four o'clock hour. Yeah. I didn't read any reviews from the Beyonce Jay Z concert last night. A did they did they sell out? And B was that was the the acoustics you, of the I show? Would any you're never going to sold out. You're never going to see anything negative about Beyonce. Yeah. So whether it was great or it wasn't, no one's ever going to say anything. But it was. But great. All, but the calling card on U.S. Bank Stadium concerts is that you the 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 audio quality yeah. is terrible. I didn't see. A, I mean, Nadine suggested as much. That it might not have been great, but sure. um, you saw people just basically the the queen is here, you know, you all hell the queen. About Beyonce, man. You that just can't get you, man. You just you <laughs> cannot say anything negative about Beyonce. What they have man. for a crowd? How big was it? I, I, it it looks sold, sold out, out, didn't it? Yeah. It looks sold out because because yes. I was yeah. seeing online stuff for for uh, there were some tickets secondary left. market. Yeah, there was okay. there were a couple tickets left. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Brant, uh, Michael Brantley, ninth inning single. That means Cleveland walked off the Twins again, second night in a row. Twelfth uh, time in a row, we think. Or not wow. in a row. Twelfth time that the Twins have been walked off this season. Yeah, it was wow. probably in a row. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Feels that way. The yeah. Twins had fought back from a 4-0 deficit, capped by a three-run home run by Jorge Polanco. Uh, twins now move on to Detroit to play the Tigers in a weekend series, and the Twins now, if you're still keeping track of this sort of thing, they're 11 games out of first place, so. With saw a lot of people. All part of the plan. Yeah, I saw a lot of people when Lindor hit his walk off <laughs> last night. I saw a lot of people arguing on Twitter about whether or not, you know, Hildenberger should have been in and oh, all this man. other stuff. It's just like, guys, Stop. come on. Just Boy, is he fun to watch, though, Lindor. Lindor, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, he can hit. Other games this afternoon, Washington beat Atlanta 6-3. to three. The Padres, they scored six runs in the top of the ninth. They beat the Brewers 8-4. to four. Vikings starting guard Nick Easton out for the year. He had surgery this morning to repair a herniated disc in his neck. Easton started 12 games last season for the Vikings. Good thing Rick Spielman addressed the offensive line in the offseason. Oh, was- I'm not kidding. This is an issue. This oh, really is an issue. Courtney Cronin brought it up. I mean, they're going to look back at this draft, and this could haunt Spielman, how they handled that. More than drafting Christian Ponder, 10th overall. <laughs> One pick after J.J. Watt. <laughs> Which I still don't know how level. he survived that awful, awful draft. Not quite that level. That but. Khalil guy, he took a left tackle the next year, too. <laughs> then. It was yeah. good for like a year. Uh, I love this. Uh, PGA Championship. Of course you do, you Packer fan. Oh, Get out of here. Of yeah, your team is not without warts either, by the they way, Mr. FYI. They have some injuries already, yes, of and, course. And you got your star quarterback calling out players already. I, I, kind, of enjoyed, I kind of enjoyed that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, PGA Championship, uh, it's very, very, very tight. A lot of golfers uh, about the same place. Ricky Fowler's in the lead at 5-under. Then we have four guys who at 4-under and 9 golfers at three under uh, tiger woods finished the day even after starting awfully usa hockey announcing the 2018 class for the u.s hockey hall of fame today natalie darwitz a three-time olympic medalist and former gophers standout one of the inductees darwitz was the youngest player ever picked to the women's national team at the age of 15 she won olympic silver medals in 2002 and 2010 and a bronze in 2006 uh, with the gophers she set a school record 246 points in 99 career games. That record still stands. 
her 114 points, 42 goals, and 72 assists, broke the NCAA record single season during her final season with the Gophers. She was a three-time All-American. She's now women's hockey coach at Hamlin, where in the 2017-18 season, they posted their best record in school history, going 22-5-3. They won the MIAC and finished third in the NCAA Division III tournament. She's joined in the Hall of Fame class by Rod Berenson, Hago Harrington, David Poyle, and Paul Stewart. The Hall of Fame is located in Eveleth, Minnesota. The induction ceremony, though, is December 12th in Nashville. So what? a little ways away from Eveleth. Why is it in Nashville? Not that I do not Is it know. a traveling party? Weird. Do they take it on the road, John? Is it always in a different spot? <laughs> no right idea. Oh. Hey, uh, Kenny, uh, you know how we are starting to really like Myron around these parts? Or earlier in this segment, uh, he uh, he FYI'd no, the FYI no, no, that John had issued yesterday. That, that doesn't that warm your heart on the inside no, to know that John got my, put in his place? Myron, if I could handle this music, for a minute. Okay, if I could handle this yeah, for a yeah. minute. Chris Reavers, you see, he sometimes has problems with details. Yeah, I he'll, do. He'll send me news yeah, stories. I that, do. Yeah. That he does, he's, he's missed a few details. I like to so talk anyway. first and then answer for it later. Exactly. <laughs> it really helps my a, career. You know what? That's a good way to put it. Can I use that next time? Yeah, sure. Okay, good. Chris, you should stop talking. Okay. <laughs> the uh, Lynx, they're on the road tonight. They're in Las Vegas where they will play the Aces. Uh, Bill Snyder. Bill apparently never wants to retire. He's agreed to. He new, did not get a contract extension. A new, you got to hear this five-year deal. He's a hundred. You say five, you know Johnny? Five-year deal. You know how old he, is he? He's seventy-eight. Yeah, you know why though? Because every time he retires, this has happened twice. Yeah. Every time he retires, Kansas State goes into the tank every time, and then he comes back, and then they're good again. Uh, his new deal will take him uh, through the 2022 season. Uh, the 78-year-old Snyder would make $3.45 million this year. Uh, I have audio of Bill Snyder yeah. signing uh, that contract. <clears throat> right here. Where's the party? No, no, you have to sign the contract. <laughs> you still there? We're right here, sir. We are right here. Uh, he'll make three point four five this year. Let's get... go, Hawkeyes. Let's go, Hawkeyes. That's the Wildcats, Bill. Yeah. Wrong team. Uh, he'll receive three hundred thousand dollar increases in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. Figures in the final two years of the deal will be renegotiated later. He previously had a contract that rolled over every year. Uh, according to USA Today, he made just over three point two mil in twenty seventeen. He has two hundred and ten career victories, third most among active FBS coaches behind Notre Dame's Brian Kelly. Uh, Kelly has the most at two nineteen, and Alabama's Nick Saban has two hundred eighteen. You still there? Wow. That was a long story. It was. Where's the party? <laughs> Jason Worth, who just uh, retired in June. Yep. Uh, he doesn't like sabermetrics. Oh, God. He said, they got all these super nerds, as I call them, in the front office that know nothing about baseball, but they like to project numbers and project players. Uh, he said, I think it's killing the game. It's to the point where just put computers out there. Just put laptops and what have you. Just put them out there and let them play. <laughs> You know, Jason, you know what else hurts the game is guys who get huge contracts who aren't really worth <laughs> yeah. the contracts that they're getting. That well, hasn't helped anybody. Yeah. That's the road I was going down because he was mad that he didn't get a major league yep. contract. Is that part of the story, No, Jeff? it's not. No, but he was. So he was mad that he didn't get an offer or that he didn't take an offer that was because he's a Scott Boris client, to which Scott Boris said, no, we we never got a call. And I'm thinking... Jason, Scott Boris got you a lot of money that you probably really didn't earn and yeah. or deserve, and now you're going to rip that very guy 
for not getting you a deal this year? He's got to be close to 40, isn't he? Uh, he's 38. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. And my problem is like with the 39. The analytics guys, the anti, like what in the 60s, 70s, 70s and 80s, you were still looking at numbers. Like right. numbers yeah. still matter. They might yeah. be different now, but the numbers still matter. It's like to suggest that all of a sudden numbers are mattering for the first time is ridiculous. Hey, Jason, you know what number really matters? 39. Yes. That's how old you are. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's the only number you got to worry and about. And 120-some million, whatever the hell yeah, you got yeah, from the Nationals. Yeah, got a lot. Yeah, there, he said a lot more, but I won't bore you guys with it. But you can guess. Where's Ricey fall on this, side, on, uh, on this argument? Which uh, side? Uh... Yeah. He thinks that they matter, but they don't. He thinks that they shouldn't matter as much as they do. I think is that a fair way to put that's, it? With Royce, yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah I think so. I think so. He finished his career as a two sixty seven hitter, two hundred twenty nine home runs, seven hundred ninety nine RBIs, and of course, he won a World Series in two thousand eight with the Philadelphia. He's not Phillies. a big war guy. He does not like war. He's no, always bring up. Like you know, war. had a big and war. war. <laughs> Willie Mays had a big war. <laughs> we'll be back after this. Only one more day after this, fellas. You had enough of me yet? Tell you, it flies by. Radio time is not real time, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty. It's going pretty, pretty fast. Um, so I've been doing this state of the franchise thing, handing out grades. If you want to call in, 651-646-8255 or 877-615-1500. Uh, giving a grade to the Minnesota Vikings. And again, here's the criteria. It's not just now. It's about what they could be, which is why I gave the Twins a B-. minus. I understand why you would give them a C, Manny, or a C plus, uh, mm-hmm. Reavers, but uh, for me, it's they've got enough young prospects who if everything works out, I'm not saying it will. Some, some positive things could happen. The Vikings are in a completely different position, pushing for a Super Bowl right now. I was actually uh, surprised Courtney Cronin gave them a B. Uh, she knows way more about that team and that sport than I do, but I feel like... They're at a B-plus level, and I could see you make the case for an A-minus. When you consider that, to me, they got better this offseason with Kirk Cousins. Dalvin Cook gets healthy, locking up guys like Stephon Diggs. Um, The defense is intact and improved. Now, the O-line is a legit question and concern. But outside of that, and that's an important concern, but... This feels to me like a team that if I had to give them a grade right now, fellas, B plus. But maybe that's too hot. Maybe that's crazy. Is that crazy? What do you think? I would. I was actually thinking when you were talking just now, I was thinking probably a B plus just because I think for me, whether or not they, they get to the Super Bowl is kind of to a degree irrelevant in this, yeah. in, in that the fact that they are that they've put themselves into the conversation to huge. be like a legitimate Super Bowl contender, I think, is what deserves a huge grade for them. And even I mean, we can break down the offensive line or is is Kirk Cousins good enough and the deep keeping all the defensive guys. We can break that down all we want. Yeah. But I think the fact that they are in this position to where they are in the conversation for as a legit Super Bowl contender, I think. I think they deserve a B plus, A minus in my book. I like that. Uh, I'm going to give them a B with the chance to improve because I said this last segment. I'm really worried about the. I was I was yeah. worried about the offensive line before the Nick Easton yeah, that's injury. A, yeah. That's a real concern, and yep. it is a real concern. Here's the other thing. So we're talking total state of the franchise. Yeah. From the outside, when you look at the glitzy new stadium, yeah, the wonderful new practice facility, 
they do have the appearance of a forward trending, you know, new age franchise. Yes, and a lot do. of that has to do with the stadium and the money they got from the state. And yeah. But my point is, as, as the franchise as a whole, they do look very solid. But I'm a results guy. Since, Fair. since they got blown out 41 donut at Giant Stadium back in January of 2001. They had, they had their place. This the franchise has won three playoff games. Yeah, that's not a good. That's not a, that's not a good number. And I, I definitely understand how it's fair if you're a Vikings fan to question if any of this will lead to anything. Because we all, what was it, what was it last year? This year's different. Mm-hmm. This year's different. We're bringing it at home. This year's different. But yeah. last year was different no, in many ways. Well, well, steamrolled in the NFC here's, Championship Here's what game. I mean. Here's what I mean. It wasn't different. It, it was, was the exact, here's what I mean. It was 40 no, 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 years no. of heartbreak. No, was, Sorry, now it's, now it's Chris Reavers from February <laughs> busting out again. Here's what it is. It was different in that it, to me, for the first time in a long, long time, it felt like this team had a window to win. Not just a season. Sure, Brett Favre was great. They go to the NFC Championship game. Uh, to me, a window of time where you look at young defenders. You look at young playmakers. You look at if we can get either settle on Case Keenum or bring in a guy like Kirk Cousins. For the first time, to me, in the time that I've been here, I got here in 2001. This is the first time where it has felt like the Vikings have a window to win a Super Bowl. That it's not just the pieces came together right now, and if we don't do it now, it's over. Here's why I'll disagree with you. Okay. The the late 90s, win, the Randy Moss window was a big window. The 98 team obviously was derailed by the Falcons. In 99, they were beating St. Louis at halftime before they got absolutely throttled. And then, of course, we all know what happened at Giants Stadium in, at, at the end of the 2000 season. That was a big window. Yeah, I said since I got here, no one. Oh, I'm sorry. You did say yeah. that part. I'm sorry. But what, my point is... No, I got what you're saying. Everybody, the the, the, the tone of last year, it's... I, I, and I, I know I share this with so many other Viking fans. I will believe it when I see it. But Okay, but is this I'm a ingrained, window? I'm ingrained to believe what's going to happen. They'll build up expectation, and it will come crashing but down like the, a house of cards. But is this a window? Do you feel like you are in a window? When I say co- a window... Oh, oh, of course, yes. So we, they but, have, but le- you have a legitimate chance to play in the Super Bowl this year. I do believe well, that. Well, not even this, just this year. This is a three-year window. It's the NFL, though. There's so much change happens from just from year to year, even yeah, with but stable I, franchises. But I think they... they w- I think it goes back to what I was saying, though, is that they put themselves in a position to where there is a level of optimism where you say, okay, it seems like it is trending in the right direction. I mean, I mean, look, there are 32 teams in the league and only one of them ends the season happy. Yeah. So, I mean, so for me, it's like it's not even so much whether or not they win the Super Bowl or even get there. It's just that they've put themselves into the conversation of being a legit team that you can look at and say, that team can go to the Super let Bowl me and ask, win it. Let me ask both of you a question. Let's say they beat Philadelphia and they lose to New England. Would yeah. you feel differently about last season? Because I wouldn't. I no, think, no, I wouldn't feel... Had I, they made it to the Super Bowl, would you and feel... Lost and lost home and field? Lost. <laughs> I, I don't... I would feel like... I don't know. I mean, maybe this is sort of a generic term, but 
you have to appreciate the fact that there's a window. Seattle had a window. It's over now. They won a Super Bowl, lost the Super Bowl. Seattle had a window sure. when all the pieces were coming together. It feels like the Rams have a window. The only team that's had a 20-year window is New uh, England. New England, right? Mm-hmm. No one else has had that. But it feels like you know the Rams have a window. The Eagles certainly have a window right now with Carson Wentz. The Vikings feel like they're in that conversation of the six or seven teams in the NFL who could be champions in the next two to three seasons and have the pieces to sustain success. I understand every Vikings fan who says, I believe it when I believe it when I see it. But it's different when you have we don't have to get it all right this year. You want to win a Super Bowl this year. You'd love to win in Kirk Cousins' first year. But you don't feel that pressure that you felt with Favre in 09. That you felt, you know, after the good Randy Moss years. What was the best year after that? After uh, 2000. There, there weren't many. season with Tom Brady right? in New England? <laughs> I'm talking I mean, with the Vikings, though, right? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but, I mean, this is, to me, if you're a Vikings fan, you've got to look at the makeup of this team and go, there's a chance in the next three years that we could win a Super Bowl if these pieces remain. But it's the NFL, and here's why I will dispute that part of it. We're, we're, we're talking about a multi-year window. In 2015, when this team played the Seattle Seahawks and, and should have beat them on their home or on at TCF Bank Stadium, what did we think? We finally got a franchise quarterback. Adrian Peterson had another yeah. great year. It's the NFL, and ever it changes so much from year to year, more than any other sport. But it, but and injuries play a significant part of that. That's what. That's my point. You're, you're anything could happen. You have to be cautious about projecting anything about an NFL team. But, Boy, I sounded like Judd right there. My God. But consistency and the windows are based on having a franchise quarterback. And stability. You're and right. Stability. Stability. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Adam Thielen's going to, to me, be an elite receiver for the next two to three years. He can be. Diggs can be as well. This defense can be the best defense in the league for the next couple of years. There are a lot of positives for this Vikings franchise, and that's why they get a B-plus for me. We'll be back after this. Meyer Metcalf back on the ride. Filling in all week for Royce. I'll be back tomorrow. It's been fun. Uh, I messed up, fellas. I messed up and did it. Well, it's about time you admitted it. Well, Well, I mean, I've messed up in a lot of ways. Uh, uh, Promised my girls a dog. No, you didn't. Promised them a dog. And I I I thought I could get away with, sure, we'll talk about it. I didn't realize that when little kids hear dogs. What time dog, of the day was this? Well, you know, about, about, about nine thirty. Hold on, you know. But I figured, you know, hey, I'll say it, and then we'll discuss it later. Yeah, they ain't gonna let that go. I didn't realize with little little kids there is no later. No, 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 no. So I promised them a dog. I I didn't grow up with uh, pets. Uh, Love dog. I didn't. We didn't grow up with them. So I have no sense of like, what's a manageable dog? Like, what's a What's a dog you get that is there a low maintenance dog? Like is there like a, a dog you get that's like not too intense to train or a low maintenance dog is like they're they're like a mythical a low maintenance dog is like a mythical They don't creature. exist. They don't they don't exist. Well and I'm with man And I love dogs. I'm a I dog do too. person, but but the problem is it's going outside. Winter, 365 oh, days tough. a year. Yeah. They got to go to the bathroom and they ain't going in your house. They yeah. don't have a litter box like a cat. Yeah. Uh, you got to potty train that dog. But it's happening. I mean, so I can, all that stuff. Actually, I, you know who you should talk to? Who? Seriously, talk to Kenny. 
Tomorrow. And he's got he's got dogs. Well, but he's he would be the guy because you know he hunts and he's he's an outdoorsy guy. Yeah, he I think he's a lab guy. Also, I've heard good things Dennis, about labs. Talk to Dennis Anderson, Great Outdoors. Yeah, I he's a guy Dennis to talk to. Yes, you should talk to Dennis because I want some, I want a dog that it's kind of just one of those dogs that's like fun and happy and mm-hmm. doesn't destroy your couch. <laughs> you know, doesn't destroy your house. <laughs> But I mean, I, I tried to back out of it. I tried to do the whole like, well, no, no, you're all in. Okay, you're we'll talk in. about it. Now it's the whole. They've got names for you know. It's like envisioning this thing happening. But I don't want a dog. I want to be able to train a dog pretty easily. Is that pretty? Like, can I do like? Can I go on YouTube and learn how to train a dog? <laughs> well, <laughs> sure here's, you could. Yeah. Okay. Could I, Myron? Here's a question I have for you. Yeah. Do you have carpet or hardwood floors? Uh, both. Okay. More carpet than hardwood floors. Yeah, see, yeah, that's 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 another thing that you're gonna have to. Because with now, hardwood why is that floors, if you're if you're well, because if you're potty training the dog and you've got hardwood floors, it's much easier to clean up. If you know the dog decides oh, to, to go on, on in the house, but, I didn't even think about that part. But if you got carpet, because when I I, I grew up with a, a cocker spaniel, my sister had a cocker spaniel when I was in like the seventh grade. And we had carpet all over the house. And he, yeah, he went all over the house. So I can't just train the dog to be like, hey, man, tell me when you have to go to the bathroom. Not Let that me know how like, bark, yeah, bark, know how that works bark six times oh, when you have to go no. outside. It's not that easy? No, it's not. Man, but I'm good a, luck to you. Yeah, I'm going to need some help with this one. Thanks for having me. As always, I'll be back tomorrow. Reavers, Manny, I'm Myron. We'll be, we'll be back.